Doctor and his companions arrive at the time of the Holy War between King Richard the Lionheart and the Sultan ruler Saladin. Barbara is quickly kidnapped again for what seems like the tenth time, forcing Superman Ian to pick up his trusty sword and ride to her saviour, while the Doctor potters around with Vicky trying to explain just how did he acquire these clothes. This is Crusade. Welcome to Regenerated. my ears are stolen. My armies roast about the streets and clutter up the streets of Jaffa with the garbage of their vices. And now I learn my brother John thirsts after power, drinking great draughts of it, though it's not his to take. He's planning to usurp my crown and trades with my enemy, Philip of France. Trades! A tragedy of fortunes and I am too much beset by them. A curse on this, a thousand curses! Hi, welcome back to Regenerated. I am Matt and I'm joined by Becky. Hi. And we have episode 14 of Regenerated. Can you believe that we are 14 episodes into Regenerated, Becky? Not really. We are near enough halfway through William Hartnell's tenure as the Doctor, so we're at about the midway point. Uh, Today we have uh, The Crusade. This was uh, season two uh, or yep, season two, serial six. This one sadly has got two missing episodes. Before we go into it, I said on the web planet about the effect that uh, that was on the uh, sort of the episodes that sort of blurriness. I've actually found out about that now. Actually, it was done on purpose. Actually, funnily enough, I found out through Mark Campbell's episode guide, his controversial episode guide that we sort of read from from every episode um and his verdict and review it actually says in there that the director actually smeared vaseline onto the camera lens to make it look like a sort of alien planet so that was actually intentional so it's not to do with any of the like reconstruction or anything of the episode so it's a nice little bit of trivia there for you so yep the crusade also helps doors hinges too so you're very very knowledgeable about quite a few things we'll see just how knowledgeable you are with this one because we've got like I said, the Crusade, another historical one. They've had a few of these now. I think it's like the fourth or the fifth historical serial that they've done. This one was broadcast uh, the 27th of March, 65, to the 17th of April, 65. This one was written by David Whitaker. He was responsible for writing Edge of Destruction and The Rescue, and it was directed by Douglas Camfield. So, as always, Becky, what did you think of The Crusade? bit drawn out and a bit boring. I say drawn out, but it's only really four episodes. Like I said, the problem is, is when you have one episode and then a missing episode and then another episode and then another missing episode, it's kind of a bit hard. And with the, it's alright watching telly snaps and things like that, but to be honest, it doesn't completely draw you in. You can't really understand what's going on. 
the subtitles were a bit here and there and and to be honest it was really hard to concentrate on it well like we've mentioned two missing episodes two and four and one and three are actually still in the archives but you said we did actually watch this one um through its entirety whereas with marco polo we only watched a half an hour uh, reconstruction on the dvd this one we actually went on to youtube and watched uh some there's a couple of different versions on there we watched a loose cannon sort of part of a loose cannon one um and then there was like other bits and it's basically like you said it's trying to get an idea of what the episode has been about i've also read the target novel as well to try and sort of uh, get more of an idea of what the story is but without further ado let's try and sort of get through it obviously there's going to be some gaps in this one because like you said we watched it through tele snaps and there was a few points with the audio where you kind of really don't know what's happening because... And the subtitles kept basically saying different words than what they were saying. Well, so it was like, well, you know, if the subtitles were right, then it would help matters a lot easier because you can't exactly see the lips moving so or anything like that. So it's a bit, a lot harder. You can't really hear the audio. The subtitles kind of, were kind of crap because they weren't reading the, the right things of what they were saying. And not only that, uh, with a lot of the tally snaps, I don't know if that was the first one or the se- or the second one we watched, but it kept constantly dodging through the pictures on a massive cycle. Well, that is it. You know, you only got limited amount of um, sort of photos to use. The trouble with the subtitles is we're watching them off YouTube, and it's not actually like a transcripted subtitles. So it's actually like um, sort of an automated system that does the uh, subtitles. Pretty much guesswork. So work. yeah, it sort of detects what it thinks it hears. So sometimes it's a little bit different. As always, Becky, we're gonna. I'm gonna be struggling with the names as always um, because again, historical piece. I always struggle with the names. Quickly, also there well, is a little. You should be a member, Richard. Well, that's it. We'll get to that in a minute. But quickly, a little bit of Doctor Who news, which is quite uh, cool news as well, is that they've just announced that there's going to be two more animated serials coming next year. It's going to be two Patrick Troutons. It's going to be Evil of the Daleks and the Abominable Snowmen. I'm really happy about that. And that's going to fill in a few gaps because by the time we get to them, I think they'll be out and we'll be able to go through them. When you look at this one, the Crusade, I'm a bit surprised they didn't do an animated version of this yet because, to be fair, when you've got two missing and two already in the archive, it's not really too much of a stretch to sort of animate it. You've only you got think? two episodes to animate, whereas, you know, Evil the Daleks, I think, is a six-episode one and so is Abominable yeah, Snowman. If you've got the audio and you've already got two episodes, there should be no reason why they can't animate them. They do sort of have to guess with the animation as to what, what the scene is and they do use photos to try and get it as close as they possibly can there are still like you said from the tele snaps of the crusade there are photos so they can get an idea of what um what happened but anyway the first episode of the crusade the lion uh it was a quite different a little bit of a different sort of start because i put it as a fresh fresh start for the for the crew because normally you get that sort of cliffhanger it normally always sort of sort of whets your appetite for what's coming next whereas in the romans you didn't really get that or no sorry the web planet you didn't really get that they sort of just left and that was it we didn't really see anything this episode started off really fast paced and so it was very difficult to sort of follow well it's a bit bit difficult to follow it's very difficult to sort of re-articulate what kind of happened so i'll i'll try and sort of give it give it a go um we are sort of in the 
Middle East, I would say, isn't it? It's Pal- is it Palestine? It's kind of like the Middle East, Jaffa, uh, where there's um, I want to sort of I want to be a bit delicate with how I sort of describe them. They are are they is it fair Arab. to say they're Arab type descendant people? I think it's sort of fair to say that. But before we kind of go in, Becky, because you've sort of uh, you sort of um, graced our listeners with your Roman history. What about your crusade history, Becky? Yeah, we didn't do that at school. Wow. So <laughs> we're not sorry sorry folks, you're not gonna get the Crusade one oh one from Becky this week. <laughs> but anyway, we're in this kind of sort of forest area where all, all, um, all I know is from what I learnt from watching Robin Hood and Prince of Thieves. That's probably my <laughs> knowledge as well. <laughs> But yeah, we're in a forest. There's these two types of uh, soldiers. There's kind of like the English soldiers, and then these sort of Arab soldiers that are called the Saracens, or is it Saracens? Although Richard the Lionheart and that was Sean Connery, so well, that's it. Yeah. Are they Saracens or Saracens? It's, it's, it's sort of either or, I think. To be fair, anyway, they're sort of like um, pursuing one of an- one another, and then the TARDIS materializes and. The Doctor and his crew, Ian and Barbara and Vicky, they kind of decide to leave the TARDIS and have a quick look around, as they sort of always sort of do. They always get a little bit inquisitive, as always, and wants to have a look. But as we see quickly, this sort of descends into a bit of chaos, and it's kind of not the right decision for the crew. As, as always, it seems to not be the right decision, because they're quickly attacked by these Arab-type soldiers. Ian gets into a fight. The Doctor gets into a sword fight as well and Barbara gets taken away. And then we see this group of English soldiers they're sort of retreating from the battle. One of them's wounded. The Doctor is ended is he's saved by this wounded soldier by he sort of getting his sword out of his belt and sort of throwing it and killing the Arab. And then we find out that this is the time of Richard the Lionheart. So it's a little bit sort of complex here because did they just sort of leave the wounded soldier because no they took him with him no i'm talking about the english soldiers like L- richard the lionheart his sort of his sort of um they were too busy retreating army they kind of they're sort of they're shouldering him like arm you know his arms over their shoulders trying to carry him away from the battle only for them him to sort of stumble along the doctor save the doctor and where did richard the lionheart and his his they army probably go thought he was dead well maybe they sort of just sort of give up hope on him and sort of Mm, you know, <laughs> yeah, basically, we'll we'll see you see you later, basically, or and maybe they didn't think they would. But anyway, this wounded soldier, he sort of relays that there's this belt that he's got, and it's for Richard the Lionheart. The doctor quickly takes that and says, "Great, we can have this because we can earn favour with the king," and uh, that's what they do. It's quite interesting here because, like I said, it's quite a rapid pace beginning. You know, Barbara's kidnapped. They have this two sword fights. Instantly, Ian, well, not being funny, he kind of, he does know that she's gone because he goes looking for an hour. They sort of do an hour skip here. So I was going to say, how does he know that she's missing? I know. But he he kind of does been go gone and search for an for hour her. and it was like five seconds had passed. <laughs> this sort of... Uh, it's quickest hour I've ever seen. At this point, the Doctor, is, uh, and they've done this ever since the rescue and it's, sa- it's still the same thread again, which is interweaving into this episode and I don't know why they keep doing it it's just a really funny thing that they keep doing the doctor and Vicky decide that they're going to go to the city to find out uh, to find some clothes they want to get some clothes to look more like um, to sort of blend in a bit more again splitting up 
Ian and Barbara, or Barbara's obviously, she's been kidnapped, but Ian's been split up from the Doctor and Vicky. And I don't really yeah. know why they keep doing this, but they kind of keep putting the Doctor and Vicky together. A bit like that sort of... Um, Doctor again, and Susan. Yeah, kind of like their sort of relationship. He's sort of got that... It's kind of, like I said, it's the Doctor and Vicky show again. It's really strange, but then... Not being funny, I think Ian's kind of the main man in this one. But anyway, we find out that Barbara's in the company of, in quotations, King Richard. But actually, it's not King Richard. It's actually William DePreo, who's um, imitating King Richard. I'm not going to go into the interweaving depths of why he's doing it. But in English, he said that he was King Richard so that um, King Richard could actually get away. And they're at the Sultan's encampment. Oh, that's better. Where are we? I'm told that we are at Ramla. Ramla? The great Sultan's encampment. Oh, I see. What are we doing here? As for you, I can make no guess. But I am King Richard Coeur de Leon, leader of the mighty host Scourge of the Infidel. But I thought Richard had red hair. Had? Still has, if the ruse has worked. Oh, then... I am Sir William de Preo, captured and mistaken for my king. William de Preo decides that Barbara needs to be treated a little bit better than what they're treating her. So she's going to pretend to be King Richard's sister, Joanna. And Joanna does come into it a little bit later on. So she sort of takes her identity. And that's what happens the guards come in they sort yeah, of for five minutes well that's it so the guards come in he tells them this is joanna my sister treat her with a little bit more respect so they sort of obviously do look big says we're only for about five minutes but oh well then we go to the market where the doctor is sort of looking for these these clothes he stumbles along this merchant he goes into the shop with the man only for then another man to come in sort of given his sort of um He'd basically stolen some clothes from um, the, the High Palace. He wants to sort of offload them to his merchant. The Doctor then sort of goes underneath the table to sort of hide from this while they're sort of conversing. He's stealing the clothes from the uh, top of the table and then he ends up causing a little bit of distraction to the merchant and then he throws them to Vicky and that's how they get their finery or their clothes. Back in the encampment, we get to you get introduced to the main villain of the piece. Now, this is where I'm going to uh, butcher butcher the name, I suppose, or I'll give it a good attempt. Uh, Ella Akir. Ella Akir. Is that right? Yeah. I got it right, did I? For once. Uh, but Ella Akir. He's kind of like the villain of this piece. Ella Akir. Ella, Ella Akir. Right, well, we'll debate it. You know, I've got this running history with, with generated with names, just a struggle with names, and forever... Throughout the whole of the Doctor Who watch, I can see I'm going to get a lot more of these names wrong. People at home will have to bear with me as I sort of murdered the names. The Barber and the Quotation King, William DePreo, there are uh, presented by Ella Kier to the Sultan. Or I don't know if they are they trying. Is it the Sultan? Sultan's brother. I know it's the Sultan's brother, but do they think it's the Sultan? I don't really know. Is he kind of doing it? No, because. The Sultan's brother decides whether the Sultan has could needs to hear it or not. Okay, well, anyway, he's presented to the so Sultan's basically, brother. Basically, sort of like yeah, a, a sort of like hand of the king, so to speak. Yeah, okay. Sort of thing. Nice little Game of Thrones reference there. Yeah. Slip in there. Anyway, 
because it's the Sultan's brother, and we find out later on that he's got a little bit of a thing for Joanna, he instantly obviously recognises that Barbara's not Joanna, and that the Sultan recognises that William de Preo is not the king. The Sultan's well, yeah, brother recognises that. Red yeah, the Sultan's brother doesn't um, recognise that Barbara's Although, not Joanna. You can't really tell red hair and brown hair and black and white anyway. <laughs> the Sultan asks Barbara to sort of tell him her story and she goes through this I was came in the box with my companions and I've been to Rome and all these different places thus the insect thing and yeah thus the Sultan thinks that she's like this wild entertainer and can regale loads of uh, fanticles is it fantasy fanticle is that the word fanticle <laughs> I don't know, I'm making up words now. <laughs> stories. So he well, asks... That would be fantasy, wouldn't it? Well, okay, we'll go fantasy stories then. <laughs> so he asks her to sort of prepare for like, I think it's the feast later on, to sort of tell them some stories and entertain them. Then the wounded man is brought back to Richard the Lionheart, where the doctor gives him the belt. But this doesn't really do much, to be honest, because he doesn't really give him the favour that the Doctor thought he would give him. But Ian wants to be sort of like an emissary. Is that, I see, I'm butchering Emissary. Him. There you go. For the King to go to the Sultan and get back William de Preo and Barbara. But Richard's a little bit sort of, he's reluctant about doing this because I don't I don't really know. It's, it's kind of it's like a big long... It's well, he's already got him, so, he, uh, you know, he can keep him. <laughs> well, that's it. And like I say, very... It's very difficult here because there's a lot of dialogue here. And In English, she thinks it could probably be a trap. Mm. And at the top of the show and the intro, I did put um, King Richard's massive big sort of uh, over-the-top sp- speech. And if I quickly look at the cast list, it was Julian Glover. Now, if I remember right, Julian Glover, he was actually in Game of Thrones. So you made that little bit of reference earlier on. It's actually... It's now come back. The irony. Yes, uh, Julian Glover was actually in Game of Thrones as Grandmaster Pycelle. And he was also in James Bond, I think, as well. Um, in uh, Three Arrows Only, I think he was in think that one. So. so, yeah, he would give it this big sort of Shakespearean sort of, um, as I said before, thespian, as my sort of lisp comes out, thespian sort of performance where he really hands it you up. You don't and, have a lisp. No, oh, I kind of, when I say the word, thespian. It sort of brings my lisp. Yeah, it doesn't. You just say it like an anyway. idiot. It's sort of, you can see sort of really sort of, as as I've said this before, and Becky thinks it's funny me saying it, but he hams up the performance. Um, yeah, a lot of gammon. Like I said, at the beginning of uh, the intro, I did put that little clip in there for, for everyone's enjoyment of his performance there. This was kind of like the end of the episode and then we go into the King of Jaffa and uh, Mr. Classic Doctor Who was that was the uh, YouTube channel where I well, we watched the um, the telly snaps uh, episode of episode. it. To be fair, we did watch like I say Loose Cannon for the fourth episode for ten minutes because it was really weird. It was only like ten minutes of it, but I did find the Loose Cannon ones a lot better because it actually sort of um, describes what's happening in the sort of non audio bits where they're kind of like doing things. And not speaking. So that was, I thought that was quite good. The king is persuaded to send Ian in the end. And there's a little bit of an exchange between Joanna and the king. The wounded soldier is then carried out by the chamberlain. And he becomes a little bit of a, little bit of a play character a little bit later on. So I thought I just mentioned him because the merchant from earlier on with the doctor, 
he sort of says about these stolen clothes and they accuse the doctor of stealing the clothes, which is quite like a nice little funny moment again with that comedic bit. We find out the Sultan's brother had sent Joanna some jewels. So obviously he's a bit keen on her. That's how he was able to recognize Barbara as not being Joanna earlier. And they kind of used this. Stalkerish. Uh, yeah. Well, the king, he kind of uses this or tries to use this to his advantage because they decide that they're going to give, um, like lands, kingdoms, titles, and Joanna's hand of marriage to the Sultan's brother. That's kind of their plan to sort of barter for peace. Um, yeah, just use the woman. Then we get Ella Akir. He has an exchange with another merchant, which is really strange because they're called merchants, but they do have kind of names. The merchant, I think, who sold the clothes or was uh, accusing the doctor of stealing the clothes, which the doctor saw in the market earlier. Earlier, it's called Ben Dahir. I think that's what his name is, Ben Dahir. But this other merchant, they don't really say ben his name. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Benny, I knew you'd get a kick out of that one. It's for uh, your uh, one-track mind, I think is the word. One-track mind, really. But yeah, so the second, the second merchant's not really named. He is named in the book. And he's in the credits list, but I don't think he's really named in the show. So anyway, they have this sort of exchange. They conspire, basically, to make a profit. The merchant wants to make a profit. He wants to use El Arakir as a kind of pawn in that sort of profit-making. But El Arakir wants something back from him. He basically wants Barbara because she made a fool of him earlier in front of the Sultan. So he hasn't forgot about that. In the book, there's a little bit more of a backstory to hear um, about this sort of despise of women from Ellerakey sort of doesn't like women very much and it's more fleshed out yeah, in the book harem. but yeah well that's it in it but these are all like kidnapped women by the looks of it anyway Barbara's getting ready for the evening's entertainment well, yeah because clearly the total ass that he is they wouldn't come willingly well no well we'll get to one of the ladies later on and how he acquired her but Barbara's getting ready for the uh, entertainment of the evening where she's going to supposed to be giving some stories where she's saying, oh, stories, what stories? Oh, I know, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. So she was going to use that as kind of one of the stories, which again, a little bit strange that because the whole thread of Doctor Who is don't affect history. But surely if she starts saying stories like Shakespeare, then yeah, but Shakespeare. are they Shakespeare's stories then? Yeah, but Shakespeare was in Elizabethan times, not... And Richard the I know, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, a woman who's helping uh, Barbara get ready, she was sort of attempted, she was attempted to be bribed by Ella Akir with a ring to, I think, wasn't it to like, um, I didn't really, I didn't really get it to be fair, like what, what he wanted from her, but he just wanted, I think he wants like access to Barbara so he can kidnap her. But she tells Barbara this, um, then the march merchant comes in at this point and tricks Barbara into sort of going with him, and then she's effectively kidnapped um, by Alarakir and the merchant. Then there was a nice little thing here where I was saying about like uh, the king and obviously this sort of um, plan to get Joanna married off. There's a quite cool like nod to history here where uh, the king is sort of reciting a letter and a monk is actually writing the letter down. So that's a nice little sort of. You know, if, they, if you're trying to educate children, there you go. There's a little bit there for you. A little bit of a uh, little bit of a joke from Lee Evans. If people are sort of um, at first with Lee Evans, where he said about 
monks were the first photocopiers. So that's a nice, nice little marge to that here. He's writing that letter to be sent to the Sultan about the Sultan's brother and Joanna. In the end, Ian comes in. He's getting ready to go off to, to get Barbara back. He's given a belt, um, which I'm thinking is probably that belt from the beginning of the first episode, which they wanted to sort of bar a favour. But he sort of gives it to Ian here. And he ends up knighting Ian. I have one duty to perform before you leave. Give me the sword, boy. You are without rank or title. And while we do not doubt your courage, our emissary shall speak from a proper position of authority. What is your name? Ian Chesterton. Neil. But you Neil, my boy. Neil, Neil, come on up, come on up. In the name of God, St. Michael and St. George, we dub you Sir Ian, Knight of Jaffa. Arise, Sir Ian, and be valiant. So it's now Sir Ian. So throughout the whole rest of his tenure in, the, in Doctor Who, we have to refer to him as Sir Ian, Becky. It's a really weird thing. I bet you it never comes back. He's knighted by a king. But I bet you they'll never call him Sir Ian in the rest of the, the rest of the episodes that he's in. So again, Superman Ian, he is now on his resume. He is now Sir as well. Fully fledged knight. Well, that's it. Well, he's already got like sword skills, which I don't know how he how he acquired the sword skills when he's a teacher. Yeah, but, but. he did have that whole thing in Aztecs and. Then there was the other thing with the whole cave of skulls well, and like I say, he's a man of action. And then there was the um the Marco Polo thing, and then there was the Reign of Terror. Hmm. Anyway, the woman then the the woman then comes in and tells Saladin about Barbara's disappearance, and she presents a glove as some evidence. This then links it and frames the merchant, and then Ian leaves. Uh, the palace or fortress i think it's a fortress fortress to go and rescue barbara the chamberlain then accuses the doctor of stealing the clothes but the doctor is very very clever and smart here and he just outsmarts him to get out of it which again another little comedic um thing there Bar- barbara then this is what's saying about the telly snaps and the audio here with no movement. You don't really know what happened. I'm going to guess this whole last bit because like I said, we only saw photos and they were like two photos just in a cut. So it didn't really sort of tell you a story, but I'm guessing that from what I've read as well on sort of on the internet and that I'm guessing that while the kidnappers are sort of transporting Barbara, she ends up escaping somehow and she ends up running into an alley where this ha- hand goes over her mouth. And that's the end of the episode. And then we go into episode three, which again is in the archives. So we go back to that, which is called Wheel of Fortune. It's a bit bit of a strange title, that Wheel of Fortune, because it doesn't really have anything to do with, with any... Bruce, well, that, for all our British listeners there, the, uh, the world global listeners might not know who Bruce Forsyth is. But he was like a game show host and he, well, I don't think, I think you're probably a little bit sort of barking up the wrong tree because he never really presented the Wheel of Fortune in this country. So he did things like The Price is Right and The Generation Game, Becky. No Wheel of Fortune. All right, so who presented the Wheel of Fortune? Oh, I can't remember now. But anyway, 
it's really strange wheel of fortune because it doesn't really have anything to do with anyone's fortune or like a like a twist of fate or anything like that so it's a bit strange that title anyway barbara obviously is helped by i'm gonna completely butcher this name but harold Din or harold edin i think that's right one harud edin and then we find out which again I don't think it was really sort of explained until now that Vicky's actually posed as a boy to protect her a little bit more, um, to keep her a little bit more safe, to keep her a bit more safe than the doctor's sort of, you know, Vicky saying, why do I have to pretend to be a a boy? The doctor's saying, you know, just for a little while longer, only for them behind them, Joanna, to be listening to this. And she says, well, I'm not going to tell, but I want you to do something for me. I know there's a plan involving me. I want you to get the information, come back to me and tell me. And then the doctor goes off to have sort of a, a court, as it were, with um, King Richard and a new character, which is the Earl of Leicester or Lord of Leicester or whatever, whatever his title is. Lord of Leicester. Is it? Yeah. Anyway. I don't think elves were sort of about then. Oh, I don't know. Let's have a look at the character list. I think it's he was definitely Lord of Leicester. It says Earl of Leicester in the uh, the ca- the cast list. No, but, but the king anyway. calls him the Lord of Leicester. Well, anyway, either or it doesn't really matter. He's uh, another character that's coming. Barbara's back at Adin's home. She's introduced to his daughter, and we get a little bit of a backstory about how he had uh, a wife, a son. And two daughters, and then Ella, Akir, sort of wanted the oldest daughter. Yeah, basically killed the no. mother and the son, and kidnapped. Set the, the house on fire and kidnapped the oldest daughter. That's right. Last year, my house was a fine and happy place. A gentle wife, a son who honoured and obeyed me and two daughters who adorned whatever place they visited. Then Al-Akir came to Lida and imposed his will. He desired my eldest daughter, Maimuna, but I refused him. So he took her? Yes. When Safiya and I were away, he came and burned my house. My wife and son were put to the sword. So he decides that he's going to go out looking outside the house to make sure that the guards disappeared. He gives Barbara a knife and says, if anything should happen and the guards come in, kill my daughter, because that's what you do. Even though he'd still be alive and what he does at the end of the episode four, he could have done to even if his other daughter was captured. It makes no sense. But anyway, Barbara's a bit reluctant to do this, obviously. She doesn't want to kill anyone with a knife. Like I said, the Doctor and Lester, they have this sort of, uh, this court with the King where he regales this uh, this, uh, plan to marry off Joanna. Then we go back to Barbara and these guards are sort of searching the area. Barbara and El Edin's daughter, they decide to hide in this uh, alcove area, which again... It's a little bit strange that that they got this secret hidden wall. It's kind of weird because the guards actually say that he was like he's like a pauper. So how did he have this secret door in his house? How did he build it? But 
Oh, well, small little, Protection. small little details. Anyway, the soldiers end up going into this house. They search the area. They kind of feel that there's somebody there. So their idea is to burn the house down. Barbara then hears this. She comes out of the hiding, the hiding place. She's kind of like sort of trying to sort of uh, creep around only for one of the guards who was searching the roof to come down and go, hey, hang on, where did you come from? They then seize Barbara and she's taken off again to Akir. So she didn't really escape very well and she's not very good at like hiding and she's not very good at sort of, let's say, escaping. And again, like I said in the intro, this is like the 10th time I think Barbara's been kidnapped in the whole sort of series. She keeps getting kidnapped. Yeah. Just tad. She didn't. Well, she got kidnapped in the last serial as well, the Web Planet. Mm. The Ian is out in the desert, and he ends up. He's asleep in the desert. This guy sort of, um, sort of leans over him, takes his sword. He goes back to take that belt that the king gave him, only for Ian to sort of wake up. They have a little bit of a scuffle, and then he gets knocked out. Then we go back to Joanna and the Doctor, who. She asks the doctor, have you heard anything yet? He says, no. You can see her then go off to the uh, Lester. She's sort of conversing with him. You kind of know that's what they're talking about. Only for them, the king to come in. And then they have a little bit of a sort of, a, what would you call it? A sort of a conflict of interests. Obviously, Joanna doesn't want to get married. The king wants her to get married. The doctor is accused of telling her even though it wasn't him it was Earl of Leicester and then Barbara is then brought before Ella Akir and that was the that's the end of that episode then we go into the warlords which is the last episode and it's the last telly snaps that we watched obviously it's not in the archives you would think that being as there's two episodes in the archives that them other two are out there that's a possibility uh, I think it's more probably more likely that these two could be out there it's really strange that Two got wiped and two didn't. I would think that whole serials would have been junked, not just two episodes. But anyway, one day they might resurface. Anyway, Barbara in the next episode is conversing with Ella Akir. He's got this like bag of gold. She knocks the bag of gold out, causing a distraction because the, guard, the guards go nutty for gold. They're sort of scrambling around on the floor. She then makes her escape. Again, this is all through what I've ri- uh, read because... Again, it's like no pictures to the sound, so it's kind of like there's no written, uh, no spoken words, so we don't really know what's kind of happening there. Anyway, she's hidden in the harem. The guards do burst into the harem, but they're quickly sort of told, get out, this is not where you're supposed to be, by Ella Akir. He then sort of tries to bribe them with a ring, saying, if she's here or you know where she is, here's this ring, I will give you this jewel. Back in the desert, Ian is basically pegged out by all four limbs and this guy who's Ibrahim I think is how you say it, isn't it Ibrahim he sort of uh, is this thief he lines I th- he puts a line of like honey in the desert and over Ian's hands now it's a bit more elaborate in the book but the gist of it is that the ants will come out and they'll sort of go towards Ian they'll sort of start trying to chew chew on him because they want in the book it says they want to sort of go into the salt layer of the skin because they want the salt. It's meant to serve a purpose, which is this guy wants some gold out of Ian. He thinks he's rich. Ian says, I'm not rich. You know, and the man basically just wants money. 
the king then confesses to the doctor that he knows it wasn't the doctor who did it and that it was actually the earl of leicester because he didn't want um he didn't want to confront the earl of leicester because he needs him for the ensuing battle that could be happening soon and he's a good fighter so they don't want to sort of accuse him of anything may i ask you something sire if you knew it was the earl of leicester that gave your marriage plans away to your sister why didn't you accuse him? Have it out with him then and there. You just let it go by without saying a word. It wasn't fair. Sorry, Your Majesty. We accept the impeachment. We are unjust to you to serve the greater good. You see, my Lord of Leicester is a hardy fighter. And the fight is near us now. When we meet the Saracen again, we shall need him at our elbow. The Doctor then decides with Vicky that it's best to best to get out of here because he's made an enemy of the Earl of Leicester so the plan is to go back to the TARDIS and that's nearly the end of their story because when you think about it Betty the Doctor and Vicky they they're in this story but they don't really have a lot to do their story is is not very elaborate at all it's kind of like steal some clothes go to the fortress converse with the with the king get accused of you know telling the telling the princess and leave that's kind of it. That's there's not a lot there, is there? Barbara then in Harim meets Haroon's daughter, Maya Muna, and then Lester he realizes that the Doctor and Vicky have sort of made their getaway or their escape and decides that he's gonna follow them with some soldiers. Then back to Ian. Ian decides to trick Ibrahim by saying, Oh yep, I have got gold, it's in my boot. So he takes his boot off, he says, No, it's in the other boot. Then he ends up kicking him and knocking him out, and that's kind of how he gets out of out of that um that predicament back to Ella Akir's I don't know really what you call it sort of base harem base sort of I don't know it's like a palace anyway back there we've one of the girls from the harem has took the bribe she says well yep she's in the harem only for then Ella Akir to discover Barbara looks like he's going to sort of punish Barbara only for Harun to come in and kill him. They're reunited with his daughter. Then they all sort of escape with Ian, because Ian arrives at that time. He escapes with Barbara. They go back to the TARDIS, where the Doctor and Vicky are in the sort of the forest, looking on. Vicky goes to the TARDIS. The Doctor then is following her. He gets caught up with some soldiers and the Earl of Leicester, only for then Ian to arrive and say, hang on a minute, I, I will be the one to execute this man because i have better claim to it explains to him what he done earl of leicester fools for this he lets the doctor and ian go they go they go into the tardis the tardis dematerializes as it's disappearing the earl of leicester and his men see it they decide that they're not going to tell anyone about this because people would think that they're basically making some stories that they're mad in the tardis the the tardis ends up having a power failure and the lights dim and then the Doctor and his companions are all sort of frozen in place. And that's kind of the end of the episode. And then it will be the Space Museum. So that's kind of a quick go through the plot. and Very, very hard to go through their missing episodes. When you don't see pictures and words, it's very, very difficult to go through it. Um, how I'm going to get through the Daleks master plan, I don't know. That might be one that I may not do. It's a shame if we don't do it, but that might be one that we end up not having to do because it's going to be so complex but anyway now that we've gone through it what did you think of the crusade becky told you yeah but i thought now we've gone through it you might elaborate on what your thoughts were it was a bit slow well we'll quickly go through it was a bit slow 
the story could have been better, you know, but then other parts, it was just massively sped up. There weren't really no route to anything. It's like, right, well, all of a sudden, you know, the the doc, um, the Doctor and Vicky are back there near enough at the same time as Ian and Barbara. Since there's no time sort of limit to really anything. And it's it just seems a bit daft, really. The whole plot line just seemed a bit daft. And there was a million and one things I could probably do which would have been better. I found, like, I'll agree with you, I found the pacing was was off here like you said there was parts of it that were quick there were parts that slowed down it was quick slow you know and there was li- you could tell there's like I, like I said, i've read the book and i don't want to compare the episodes to the books but like i said there's a the book is more fleshed out let's just say that because it's written word you can have more pages you can have more expression of the story whereas here you know there is a cut down to four episodes it was really fast at the beginning it slowed down the bits with doctor and vicky Again, it kind of felt thrown together like it was to give them something to do, which wasn't a lot. You know, for the title of the show, Doctor Who, the Doctor wasn't really featured very much in this one. I don't know why that was, but that yeah, kind but of I was. I found all the, the storylines for all the companions a bit stale. Well, again, you had that same sort of format. Again, Vicky's Barbara not really given kidnapped. anything to do. Vicky doesn't really have much to do here. She doesn't really have much dialogue. And really. Ian ends up playing Action Man again. Yes, and same old, Barbara's same old. kidnapped again. The same thing as was happened in near enough. Every single show, like the Web Planet, you know, that was again. Main Terror. Yeah, you know, it's just, it seems to be that kind of be, that's kind of Barbara's sort of role in the story now, is that Damsel she's the one that gets, stress. yeah. She's a damsel in distress who gets kidnapped. Anyway, Mark Campbell, uh, his episode guide. Again, this one, short but sweet. It's intelligent costume drama, if a little mannered. Seven out of ten. That's the only words he gave. Seriously? So he gave it a seven out of ten. Seriously? Well, yeah, seriously. It's seven out of ten. I'm not making How? it up. He gave He gave the web planet a five out of ten. He gave uh, the Romans was an eight out of ten. The Rescue, 7 out of 10. So he thinks this is the same sort of thing as The Rescue. No. Dark's Invasion, 4 out of 10. And then uh, The Planet of Giants was a 7 out of 10 as well. So Planet of Giants, um, The Rescue, and now this one he gave the same rating. Planet of Giants we thought was the weakest one in the story. Uh, the weakest one in the se- season, should I say, sorry. The Rescue, again, two episodes, not an elaborate story that kind of serves a purpose to give the Doctor a new companion. A 7 out of 10 there. Disagreed with that one. And this time, I think we're going to disagree. I think we've had a good run of really good episodes. We've now hit a bit of a wall here with this one. Not to say I didn't enjoy it. There were moments of it that I did enjoy. But overall, it's not the best one they've done so far. Like I said, the next one's Space Museum. That one I have seen. Um, It's not sort of rooted in my memory a lot, but I think that one's a little bit better than this one. So I'm holding that hope. Social medias, again, are in the description as always. And again, as I'll say, all of your time, thanks for listening. Makes all the difference. We're seeing really good numbers. And we're growing a little bit of steam now. Really good. Like I said last week, uh, merchandise, we are in the process of trying to sort of see what we can do about some merchandise for people who are interested. Let us know in social media, Facebook, twitter let us know what you think whether or not you'd like some merchandise or not whatever that may be but let's say this is 
Or not only that, if anyone has any ideas for a specific item of merchandise. Yeah, so we're thinking about like hoodies, mugs, coasters, uh, magnets, that sort of thing, t-shirts. Maybe tote bags, everyone loves a tote bag. Exactly, we have to watch the space for that, that will be coming soon. A little bit of a disappointing one this week, was that how it is, if the episodes aren't that good, then I'm going to say that they're not that good. This one, I didn't think was that good, to be fair. At the end of the day, that's the, pro- that's the thing. And you know full well, I say it how it is. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You know, it's a, it's a podcast, not an M&M. At the end of the day, it weren't great. Everyone's opinion is subjective. There are people out there who probably really like the crusade. Um, yeah, sadly. There's, prob- there's, prob- there's probably a load of people who disagree with my opinion, but everyone's entitled to one. And, you know, like, like my dad always said, just like an arse, everyone's got one. <laughs> Opinions are like an asshole. Everyone's got one. If they decide to animate this one and do two episodes animated, we may revisit this one and see what it's like with an animated version. So at the minute, you know, our opinion is quite low. That could possibly change if they animated it. That might go up because we might be able to see it. Not how it's meant to be seen because at this very moment, we don't think we'll ever see that because, like you say, there's always hope, but you never know, you know, at this moment in time, it's not in the archives. So there's always hope. We'll have to see. But we gave our best sort of opinion and view of it from what we could get of it, if that makes sense. You can only watch two episodes and two telly snaps. It's the best we're going to get. I was a little bit disappointed with it. But anyway, I think we'll uh, leave it there. So thanks for everyone who's listening. Keep up the listens and thanks for supporting us. We'll keep doing what we're doing. So on that note, I'll say goodbye. So say goodbye, Becky. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you.